Hello, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 14 of Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. Now, this is a special week because we're discussing my favourite band. So just to recap who we are discussing this week is Aha, Huey Lewis and the News, Everything But The Girl, Propaganda, Alphaville, and Wang Chung. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Dad. I've been waiting for this episode. I've been waiting for this episode too. <laughs> I mean, there's a few more to come. Obviously, Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, but this is obviously, for me, the main one. And obviously, we've had Frankie Goes to Hollywood, who introduced me to Ada, who I first got into in 80s music. But this is the group that I've, you know, followed, watched numerous times alive, including just before lockdown. In fact, they're still on tour now. It's been delayed and delayed. Um, so I'm guessing you've had a, an amazing week listening to these. We'll find out. We shall. Mm. Okay. So I suppose the first question before we move on is, how many number ones have you listened to? So it was hard because there was such a volume of music that you sent me from Aha. Um, but I do know that some of the Aha songs are out of the 80s because when I heard them, I'm like, I recognise, well, I recognise quite a few because you listen to them anyway. So I've always heard Aha. But you obviously, when it's your birthday and Christmas, you always, nine times out of ten, I'll get you a CD of one of your 80s bands that's still going, including Aha. And when I was listening to some of them and I saw the album art, I recognised the album art because I've actually bought you the CD. So they can't be from the 80s. Um, but I think Aha have got to have at least three. I personally think more, but I'm going with three. But I also think some outside the 80s. So I don't know. So, and I, um, when you say three, that's just from a heart. Yeah. You're not and going then I think there's, the others? Yeah, I think there's two others. So I'm going five in total. Five in total. Yeah, I okay. think Huey Lewis had one and I think everything but the girl. Okay. You listen to one, number one. Shut up. I know. It's, it's a travesty, isn't it? That's mad. One, number one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. What How? Were 80s fans, because these, these aren't established groups. But it's a heart. Yeah, I know. Not everyone has my taste. Okay. You're gobsmacked, I can oh. tell by your face. I know <laughs> others can't see your face, but you are gobsmacked that I'm saying there's only one number one. And I'm not even saying it's from a heart. So it's not from a heart. I'm not saying. Because I just straight up said it's from a heart. <gasps> mm, no. I was going to be like, oh, it's going to be the one that featured in a film, but that film's in the 90s. And so no, it's not going to be that one. Unless it's from outside. What's that? What featured in the film? Oh, what song was it? It's the one that featured in Back to the Future by Huey oh, Lewis. Huey, Huey Lewis. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, that's an 80s. Yeah, but the film one in the 80s. Of course it was. 
Was Back to the Future in the 80s? Yeah, big film of the 80s. I thought it was a big eight. I know it's a big film. I thought it was in the 90s. Well, maybe the, 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 I don't know when Back to the Future 2 was. I certainly don't know when Back to the Future 3 was, but definitely Back to the Future, the original one, that's 80s. Oh, okay. Power Love. All right, maybe that one. There you go. All right. It's going to be that one then. Okay. Well, we will find out who the number one is from in a minute. Let's talk music. And we're going to start with Aha. Aha. I can't, this week I've not been able to say like, uh uh-huh, because all I think is, uh uh-huh, not been able to write it, nothing. Go on then, I'll let you tell me how good they are, just catch away. I know a little bit about them. No, I don't really. I just know they're a trio. Although I was shocked because in a video that I watched, it was a live video, um, and there drum. was more, like there was more, there was like five on the stage. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, so when they they're add... live, they do have, I mean, there's a drummer, um, there's um, a guitarist, uh, or bass player, whatever you want to say. Um, so they do have, and there's right, okay. sometimes I've had, I don't know if they've had backing singers, but they have had sometimes guest singers right, as well. Okay. Um, okay. But no, they, you're right. They, they, they are a trio because you've got more Morton, haven't you? So yeah. I obviously I know who these are and what they look like, and I've heard quite a few of their songs before. You even sent me the playlist because of you. You know, Take On Me is such an iconic video. Like I didn't even watch that video because I think I've seen it multiple times. So I watched the Sun Always Shines on TV video because we know that I watch like one from the first that you send me, one from the middle, one from the end because I know you send it in chronological order. So I like to see how they've changed. So instead of watching Take On Me, I watched the Sun Always Shines on TV. And it's like, it's the Sun Always Shines on TV, like a sequel in a sense. It is meant to be, yes. Right, because I got well confused. I, I was like, oh, they like their little comic drawing. And then it said the end. I was like, I'm not even listened to the song yet. What do you mean the end? And then it went into the actual song and I was like, ah. And I realised that it was the same woman in it as well. And I was like, ah, oh, this has got to be a sequel. Um, they age well as well. I'm not going to lie, they're quite good looking. And they're, you know, the song, that I'm, they're synth pop and pop. They're just pop, aren't they? Um, they get you moving they're sing-along these are like actual songs like you know like I don't know I can't explain it when I say actual songs because the actual songs are just like songs but I mean like songs that I don't know that could kind of be on like the karaoke where like you would sing to it I would hate to hear you say that (laughs) I don't mean I just mean, I mean like I you could sing to I, it, I, like you could I mean, sing your heart. The, out. Definitely the first album, Hunting High Low, was very pop, very, you know, yeah. commercial pop. Yeah. But certainly if you listen to Scoundrel Days all the way, you know, just listen to the album Scoundrel Days, it is nowhere near as pop as um Hunting High Low. Well, it's not pop, but it just isn't. Okay, but even and like going through stay it, stay on these roads album is is sort of I don't know, it's the two. But then when you get to the the fourth album, I mean that is rock, really is. Oh, I didn't get rock from any of these. I just got that pop and synth pop and like their electronic sound. I did, you know, you can tell they're a band and they use their instruments definitely, but I just love that 
the it's so lyrical that's what I like about it and more is it Morton Harkett Hawkett yeah. he is so talented his voice and doesn't he hold a record for the yes. longest note he does stamping all over you so later but as people like you know recently he's been on Mars Singer so yes, yeah that was like last year. And he actually sang his own song. Yeah, and they still didn't think, no. But yeah, like, you know, I had high expectations for the videos because of Take On Me, but actually they didn't do uh, but did many you like that. Did you Wolf video? No, I didn't See, watch that, that one. That, it's like a pop-up book. Oh, really okay. amazing that would have been video. interesting. Yeah, I should have, I should have said what videos yeah, you should have watched, but said. yeah, that... that that video is is amazing. I watched five, but one of them was a live like performance, like an actual like uh-huh. concert. But yeah, they just oh my god, and him blonde. You don't see blonde. You don't see blonde. Um, but yeah, no, it, you know, it was for the amount you've got. It was a nice balance of songs that I like and don't like. Um, don't like. Sorry, but I'm intrigued. Don't hang on. Don't like. There's. There can't be any hard song. Well, actually, even I don't like one. Um, but there can't be any others you don't like. What one don't you like? Oh, I just. Oh, the blood that moves the body. I oh, I like that one. Oh, that's yeah. I find most people do. I don't. And touchy is a bit. I don't know. A bit. Too oh, I like touchy and cheesy. I like both of those. No, well, I don't want to give too much away, so I'm going to say I'm just going to let me just wind you up for a bit. <laughs> okay, the songs well, that I well, like and I don't like, but I am intrigued to hear about them because they are still going. I know that being yeah, water. If I didn't know yeah. that, then you'd probably shoot me. But I want to know whether they've ever fallen out, like whether there's any. Because obviously, like Morton is more like he's the main guy, he's a singer, but I don't think that they're that type of band that have you know you're the main guy you're the one that everyone looks at but you know like because he's done Mars Singer is there any jealousy yeah. in how he's no I don't I don't think there's jealousy might be portrayed um, as the main man and I'm pleased to say they don't they have always the song credits the writing is always aha it's never even though Pow and Mags do most of it. Right. Uh, Morton has, there is albums with Morton who's actually contributed songs as well. And obviously he did go off and do a solo album or cut. I think he's done more than one, but, but um, yeah, but there's they're, they're, even take on me. They it's written by aha. Right. Okay. So that has been, whereas other bands have fallen out over rights and even gone to mm-hmm. court as we, we, you know, we've yeah. spoken about that isn't the case to the heart. However, they have fallen out as, I suppose, families and siblings and that do, because that's the sort, you know, they're, they're not the, they're, they're not a band that go on holidays together and things like they pretty much tour and then they, they're off to their families. After. So they're not friends? I wouldn't. They, I mean, they did have a hiatus where um, they split up, um, done their own things, um, which I will obviously talk about, but um, yeah, they've, then got together through the Nobel Peace Prize that happened to be held in Norway, and they were asked to um, to perform, and they got back together through that. And then they had a final concert, um, ending on a high note, it was known as, obviously a, mm. a sort of um, 
wink at obviously the high note of the heart of, of Morton. Yeah. Um, but then they've then after that they come back and made another album. And as I say, they're now touring again, following another album, or not not so much of new material, that it was a couple of new songs, but it was an unplugged album, so it's just acoustic. Ah, okay. Uh, and they've done a tour of that. And then now they're touring because of um was it 25 years, 30 years of, of hunting high and low? They're touring the whole, they're, they're literally doing a hunting high and low tour where they're replaying the whole album, which is oh. the last the last time I, I saw them. But as I say, they're still in that tour as right. we speak. Well, it, it makes me sad that they're not friends. I mean, I wouldn't say they're not friends, but they don't even, there was a time when they didn't even record. I still think they, that maybe that is. They don't record at the same time. Why? Because that's the way they are. But do they not like each other? I don't, as I say, I don't think it's not like, but they just have, I think it's more a case if they were all together, they would probably fall out. So they just decided that we'd, you know, do it this way. I think Mags is the glue. I think it's Powell and Morton that are the two that probably don't see eye to eye as much because one wanted to, I think Powell wanted to go to the rock, rocky, more rocky, not rock, but that sort of side. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they are or definitely Powell and Mags, who started the band, were inspired by the Dorps. And I think he wanted to go that way, whereas obviously Morton prefers, because of his voice, obviously the more softer, not so much pop. I, I, you know, they wouldn't say they are pop pop, but more that you know, pop rock, I suppose, is yeah. a better way of putting it. Obviously, they started off as synth pop and went more a bit, as I say, pop rock. Okay, so Ahara, as I've already said, Morton Harkett on vocals, Max Furloom on keyboards, and Pal Wakata Savoy on guitar. It was originally Pal Wakata, and then when he got married to Lauren Savoy, it's now Wakata Savoy. Oh, he took her name. Well, as he kept his and, and hers, and he's a guitarist. Oh, yeah. They were formed in 1982 in Oslo, Norway. Oh, I knew. That's no. what I meant to say. I was well proud because this is the one week where I know at least where one person is from, and I didn't say they are Norwegian. <laughs> I know where they're yes. from. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, formed in 1982 in Oslo, and they are a new wave synth pop, pop rock, alternative rock band. Okay. And that's I think I think the alternative rock, as I, as I keep saying, is is from the East of the Sun, West of the Moon album, yeah. Um, more so, and so the part of a, a degree, the Memorial Beach album, which were the two albums before they split up and had their hiatus. Okay. So the name actually comes from a song that Morton saw in Powell's songbook. The song never was was obviously discarded long long way uh, you know before they started to choose what songs or what that got discarded but then the uh, the name obviously stayed and aha is who they are which is always good because when you go out to get their cds and that in the record shops in alphabetical order they're a with a with a hyphen hyphen so they come before anyone else you're proud of it. You're glad about that, aren't you? Well, I'm just saying, you know. 
<laughs> so originally Mags and Powell were in a band called Bridges. And as I say, they were influenced by the Doors and that was the sort of the road that Bridges were, were going. Hmm. Um, however, they wanted to come to London to find a career in music. So they were really, you know, really wanted to, you know, go for it. And as I say, in Norway, they're not, it wasn't a bedrock of musicians. In fact, the, the, uh, when I was growing up, the joke was in the Eurovision, it was always Norway, nil poire, because they never scored any points. It just wasn't seen as a music place. Okay. And so you've got these two budding musicians want to make, a, make, a, make it in music, mm. and they're in probably the worst country to want to do it. So they wanted to move mm. to, to London to, to experience what was happening in London at the time. Uh, with the new romantic scene and everything yeah. like that, which obviously they'd seen. But the rest of the band didn't want to really go that way. Right. So they, they parted. And then luckily they come across Morton, who had seen them, and he was in another band and obviously wasn't enjoying it. And they got together and um, the rest is history, as they say. So originally when they came to London, Morton didn't come at first. He was still in Norway. So they come over and um, they found a studio and what have you, and then Morton come over and, and joined them. Okay. Kind of by luck, in a sense, yeah. that they got Morton. And then what, so while in London, they met John Ratcliffe, who had a studio, and he introduced them to Terry Slater. And both of those people would end up becoming Aha's managers through their, their made-up company, or their, their now they started a company there and then, called right. TJ Management. So, and they managed AHA from the very beginning. And do they still manage them now? No, no, no. But that, oh, okay. they, you know, that back like... then, that's what you obviously needed. So while at Bridges, Mags and Powell had a song called Miss Eerie. Right. And that was in progress, which then became less than one uh, before becoming Take On Me. Oh, you know, the way you were pausing, I was like, I'm well, to know what you're going on about. <laughs> now I've got the single, Miss Eerie, and it's, yeah. You can hear the similarities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can see. But And less than one. I mean, if you listen to that, I've got that on a, on a tape. And um, it, you can tell it's a bit, it's very raw, and definitely Morton's voice is, as they called it, the Juicy Fruit song. I think it had a, um, <laughs> at one stage was like nicknamed because it was very Juicy Fruity. I think they said like a bubble gum advert because obviously Juicy oh, Fruit right, was, okay. was chewing gum. And, yeah. yeah. So um, Take On Me, when, that, when it was first released um, in 1984, it didn't even chart. Really? It didn't come anywhere. Um, which just shows you that you you sometimes need a bit of luck. Mm, well, we've seen that before now, haven't we? A bit of luck. Warner Brothers still believed in the band because obviously that's who, so sorry they've now signed to Warner Brothers for right, okay. management. So they didn't um, release anything from eighty two to eighty four. No, they were just literally getting getting together it, and getting their sound formed and getting you know getting recording and what have you yeah and as i say you know miss eerie it took a while before it evolved into where it is let's just say aha don't do anything quick really right okay so um warner brothers still believed in the band and as and and the song so they brought in alan tarney to produce it 
Right. So they've now got a proper producer now mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah. However, again, it failed to chart. Oh, God. Um, it actually got to 134. I don't think we've ever had any that high. No. So Warner Brothers decided to promote the song with a groundbreaking video. Ooh. Hence, Steve Barron, um, who was behind many films, and he was behind, I think it was Duran Duran, Rio and that, he was behind all yeah, that. Right. Um, they got him involved. And in 1985, because they literally told him, take as long as you want sort of thing, although evidently the last one was, was not, edited the way he wanted it he still wanted a bit more time but i suppose when the record company said take as long as you want they didn't actually mean they didn't take mean take that as long years. as you want yeah. <laughs> um so yeah 1985 it was released with the video and the song became an international hit making number one in the us norway australia austria germany the netherlands sweden and Switzerland. Wow. Because obviously you've got to remember, as, a, as we've said, you know, when we when we talked from, you know, way even, I think, episode one with the Buggles and um, Video Killed the Radio Star, the videos were big. Yeah. And if you had something to promote, you needed a good video. Because mm-hmm. that's what got you on MTV and that's what, pulled, that's what people, the kids that were buying the records were watching. Yeah. So you got a good video, and if they like the music that goes with it, and that's what annoys me is people say, "Aha, oh yeah, the video." Well, when people go out and buy the music, they're not buying the video. No, no. So You're yes, buying it because you like the sound of the it. The video helped promote the song, which is what it done. Mm-hmm. But you still had to like the song to, to go actually, out and buy it. Yeah. And pretty much every '80s compilation will have "Take on Me" on it. Well, mm. that tells you how good the song is because they're not watching the video. It's the song. Yeah. But people just say, I take on but the video. It shows how iconic the song is. Because, no, not the song, like the video is. Because, all right, I have you as a dad, so my life's a bit different. But I could walk up to probably any randomer and be like, you know, I'll take on me. You've seen the video? And probably eight out of ten will say yeah. Because it was a ground, you've got to think that video was made in the 80s before half of the technology we've got yeah. nowadays. And it was just something people hadn't seen before. It is amazing. It is different. Like, I did write that, like, with the video, they are kind of a bit, like, ahead of their time or going with the time. Like, they know it's memorable. Like, they know what, but now it weren't, it, obviously it weren't them, it was the person that did the video, but they knew where to take it. They knew what what would make people hmm. really engage in it. But I suppose the, the thing is, the song was good, it just didn't have the luck. Yeah. To It just wasn't, because Aha weren't unknown, they were a Norwegian band, you know, people, as I say, the the Norwegian music wasn't known. Mm. So they didn't give them the time of day and they didn't get the airwaves and what have you. So yeah. fair play to Warner Brothers. They believed in them. They kept with them and they would they released this record three times before it, you know, before it done anything. But boy, when it did, it just went mental. Mm. So in February 2020, the video topped one billion views becoming the second 80s video 
to hit that milestone after Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, wow. And we're talking, you know, I mean, Ed Sheeran and others have done it since, but they're in the video. We're talking about YouTube that wasn't even even in the dictionary or anything, you know, it just wasn't around. We're talking about an 80s song that is still to this day, because of the video, I suppose, because that's what YouTube is, that video is still doing it now mm. from the 1980s. People are still, you know, and it's got to one billion views. Madness. But like I say, you can ask probably millions of people and they will be like, yeah, I know that video. Yeah. But you're not going to watch the video, no matter how good it is, if the music that goes with it isn't, you know, no. if you don't like the music, you're not going like to You're not going to search for a song on YouTube if you don't like the no. song. So the video, as I say, was directed by Steve Barron, who also directed Michael Jackson's Billie Jean and Mm. Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. Okay. So following the success of Take On Me, they had seven top ten hits from their next eight singles. Wow. So all bar one one. single Mm -hmm. got to the top ten. However... For, so their last top 10 hit was in 1988. They wouldn't get their next top 10 hit until 2006. Was that because they took a break or? No, 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 just, as I say, they changed their music. But also, I guess, the decades. And yeah, the, we're coming, that, as I say, 1988, yeah. suddenly we're coming into the 90s. People's tastes have changed. They're not a hip hop house music break dance music no. um, that sort of early 90s you know Manchester, the you know the happy mondays the stone roses all that that was around you know obviously that come into it they weren't that they no. were still there the same as you know other groups from but the they would have just were, had their fans. but they didn't get the hits yeah. however amazingly they did still get a top 10 hit in 2006 so what does that tell you you can look at it as Wow, they from you know they were an eighties band, and yet in two thousand six they got a, a top ten hit. And I wonder if you know what that is. Looking now, I don't. I don't remember because for me, listening to music was very different to you. Like, I don't remember what got me. I mean, Girls Aloud probably got me into music, but I don't remember the charts back then. Like who was in the charts? I just remember you like who you like. But we had, I was. We had a lot of video, like, so you only had MTV, whereas when I was growing up, there was about 10 different channels on Sky with music videos. So you just flick yeah, through so that. Then you had, it was a choice of which one do you watch. Yeah. I mean, by the, yeah, I remember VH1 coming out, but yeah. Mm. No, we had MTV and, VH1 and when you've got a brother like Scott, have you ever sat in a car with Scott? He doesn't listen to a song from beginning to the end, even now. So I think, and he was older. He was the one calling the shots. So I don't think it, I was a lot older when I started finding my sound. But mm, yeah, so I don't remember any. It's not like you would have been like, oh my God, aha, they're in the charts. Guys, listen. Like nothing sticks out to me. Because I don't I remember know where you watching, I, I do, I can remember children's TV on a Saturday. I don't know what it was, you know, like a live and kicking that in my day, but obviously that it wouldn't have been that. Um, it might have been SMTV or something like that, but they had a vote. They had these. I don't know, four sing four records of that day or yeah. that, that week, and they'd play them and you'd vote. 
and the winner would stay on. And then the next week you'd have another three. And yeah. I do remember, aha, this song was probably three weeks running was their, their song of the week. Parents were voting, not children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I, you know, let's not forget. I remember, oh, dad, turn this up. I wasn't really listening, taking you to school. Turned it up and I thought, A1. Listen to a ha. And then I read, then they sang and I went, this isn't a ha. A1. But it was Take On Me by A1. Uh, I remember that. I think Zoe liked yeah. that one over a ha. So, she won't admit that now, but Zoe preferred that one over a ha. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you lot enjoyed it. You just didn't realise you were listening to what your dad liked because it wasn't by aha it was by a1 we were just boycotting aha um so yeah so following their um their newfound success it also helped them become obviously they were like now top of the tree or up there you know although they weren't seen as duran duran culture club they weren't you know up up spandau ballet they were you know i suppose like adamant they were that level right but it still got them the James Bond gig, which oh. was big, which was big in those days. Big um, now, the James Bond. Well, yeah, yeah, not so big. I don't think is it as big when you know? Do you discuss now as much as back then? Or oh, such and such have got the new the, the James. Bond I remember film. when Adele did it. Like, yeah, so they yeah. Adele's okay. got it. So obviously, Strifle. um, uh, Duran Duran had done it with a view to a kill. Mm-hmm. And then the next James Bond, 1987. Aha, got that. Do you know what the song is? Have I got it? Yeah. Well, it's James Bond film. They all yeah, chart. but I don't watch James Bond. No. Did, did none of them sound do-do-do-do-do? No, James Bondy. I'm looking at Dark is the Night or Angel in the Snow. Yeah. Yeah. So you or... really haven't a clue, have you? No. No. Okay. No. Um, so, yeah, so they followed in the footsteps of Duran Duran um, by getting the James Bond film. No, so when we go through the uh, the list of songs and where they come, I will let you know what the James Bond film was. I'm like playing them back mm. in my head. Nah. But I don't know James Bond, so it's like the only James Bond song that I've really and it's known not is Skyfall. A, I mean... I'm, I'm obviously very biased, and I actually, as a James Bond song, I put it up there. But it's not highly rated by film buffs as right. the best James, big. or even in the probably top five James Bond films. Right, you okay. know, with them um, like Diamonds Are Forever, mm. and as I say, A View to a Kill, and you know, Met, I think there's obviously many others, but yeah, Aha's one isn't scene but i think it's a really good song and the good thing is when when they're on tour it is literally the the one that gets the crowd going that's the Whoa. one that where they put the microphone out to the crowd and you know boom boom, boom the james bond so yeah and it's usually played on crying the in the rain we will come to it i've got it's, it right um, now, they're just... no, they're <laughs> oh, um, so um yeah, it's on the encore with like obviously Take On Me. Um, and actually sometimes the, the 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 single as well that I said about is from, from 2006, their last top 10 hit. That's mm. usually in that 
that little section as well. So yeah, it's um it's a good um fans song that I suppose I Crowd like it because of hearing it live and the, and the atmosphere that it has with the with yeah. the, um, the fans. So in 1994, the band had a hiatus, as I say, with Morton going off solo. What was their um, reason for it? Just uh, they just got just wanted a break from each other. Just you know, that was it. There wasn't really a reason. I think it was just their musical differences. As I said, Powell wanted to go more rocky. Morton wanted to stay as they were. Max was just stuck in the middle. We, as I say, the, didn't want to choose sides. Was, he weren't bothered. Um, this is just getting ridiculous and mm. they just eventually the the seams fell away i suppose and the glue that's held them together just come away so before their hiatus yeah. would they chill would they were they more friends i don't like, know would they I see mean, each other i don't think they've ever been like that Okay. Other than on tour, but are all groups like that? You know, do we get this image that all of Spandau Ballet, although they've all fallen out, so that's probably not a good one to have. Um, <laughs> I mean, even Wham w- weren't close, close as such, were mm. they? The I guess end. it's like a, a fantasy. You want them to be close because yeah, that's what I mean. Do, do, that do, music, do, you're do, like you you're all friends. You, know, you need to be all friends. the madness go round to each other's houses for a barbecue in the summer and well not gonna lie if i was in a band people wouldn't see the back of me i'd be like can i come round be friends (laughs) but no i do get it i just feel i don't know i want to hug them and make them all sit and play a game together so while on hiatus uh morton went solo powell formed savoy with his wife Oh, so they've um, I've got their album. I've got one of their albums. Good. Um, so, yeah, it's OK. Yes, there's some songs. Some of the songs on it are from a heart. But I'll tell you whose song, whose album I do love is Max. There's a song on Remind there. Remind really, me, really which good. one's Max? He's the uh, keyboarder, the nice. synthesizer. Curly, is he the one, he's the one that sings a bit as well. Yeah, he does a bit. No of one doesn't sing as well. Morton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, no, Powell There's one of them that does a bit of backing a bit yeah. more. That's yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's the one that interacts with the crowd at um, concerts, more right. so even than Morton. So whereas, um, as I say, Mags has brought out an album, and I, I actually, it's a really good album. Mm. Um, a dot in the, I can't remember, a blue dot or something. Oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's really, really good. But he actually become a visual artist because he is, an artist as well and he's actually held quite a few um whatever you call them uh art shows yeah yeah you know when people go and see it and that yeah um um, it's not art shows I'm, i'm thinking of but yeah um where people go and yeah where show off their art but um he's a visual artist in a He's gallery. A artist. Gallery, yeah, yeah. But he he not just with um canvas now, he also does it with glass modeling mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, and he's um quite um Talented. good at you know, quite respected in, in that field as well. Oh, that's different, isn't it? So yeah. So then they were invited to perform at the Nobel Peace Prize, um, which was in Norway. And the band performed uh, three songs, um, and one was a new song that they they made just for that, which right. was Summer Moved On. And then on the back of that, 
um, they returned to the studio and they released a further two albums with Warner Brothers and then another two with their new record company, Polydor. So they've got four more albums wow. in, in that bit and were very successful again. As I say, they had a top What year are we in now? We're now into the 2000s. Well, right. we're, we're, yeah, um, yeah, 2000. Someone moved on. So I, think, I don't know if it was 2000 or 1999 that the Nobel Peace Prize happened, but um, they they performed, as I say, um, I think it was Hunting High and Low, Take On Me, and The Summer Moved On. Mm-hmm. And Summer Moved On was a new, new totally new. No one right. had heard it before. Okay. And then that came out on their next album, Minor Earth, Major Sky. Right. I'm okay. And then, as I say, they've had another, they had another, um, Four out, so Minor Earth, Major Sky, Lifelines, um, Analog, and Foot of the Mountain were then the next four albums. And then they announced they were finished, retiring. That's the end, end on a high note tour. And that's when they toured. So they literally announced it while on the Foot of the Mountain tour. Right. I think I went to the Foot of the Mountain tour knowing that it was going to be the last time I was going to see them. Right. Um, however, they then done the they then had another concert as the final, you know, which was ending on a high note, which we I went to as well, which no, literally was say goodbye. Yeah. 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 And they released a single called Butterfly Butterfly, which was, you know, I suppose ch- showing that you know the caterpillar changes into a butterfly and then the butterflies have now flown off and that was them the caterpillar of a ha has grown up now it's a butterfly and they've all gone their own way mm-hmm. and that's so it's a good song to go out on it didn't do brilliant i remember you get me to listen to that one yeah i mean it's a out. nice song and so yeah that that was them so um going back though in norway so in between so before their hiatus hiatus, however you want to say it, before the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, Norway also held the Paralympic Winter Games. Right. And And, um, AHA, being the biggest band in Norway, were asked to come up with the song for the Paralympics. So their only song that's not on an album, or wasn't, it's since been on the 25-year album. Yeah, more uh, of a compilation put together. But it's on a studio album. Um, was um, for the Paralympics in 1994, Aha recorded the official single Shapes That Go Together, which is a good song, to be honest. And as I say, but the single was never released on an actual studio album until 10 years later when they got back together. And that, well, I'd say even when after they'd had their big hit, Mm-hmm. So with, ten, you know, nine to two thousand six. Uh, sorry, two, no, it's been two thousand four, wouldn't it? So it's when they were coming back, but before they made it onto the top ten again, right? Um, yeah, they had the definitive singles collection, which was nineteen eighty four to two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. So that was like the, um, I suppose it was the last album they released under Warner Brothers, right? Before okay, they, uh, before they went, went Polydor. over to Polydor mm-hmm. and had their other two albums, The Analog and Foot of the Mountain. Yeah. Okay. So then Summer Moved On, as I say, um, that came along. That is the one where Morton 
broke the record for holding a single note in which he held it for 20.2 seconds. It's mad what you can do. Yeah. Like so the previous talented. record was Bill Withers with Lovely Day. Um, oh, yeah. He held it for 18 seconds. Oh so God. Morton held it for an extra 2.2 seconds. Wow. I didn't, it doesn't feel like it's held for that long, though. No. And um, the only other, um, so that, 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 that's not the only record they hold. Oh, so they don't only, they're not in the Guinness Book of Records just for our longest note. In 1991, they broke the record for the largest paying audience. Wow. So at a concert then? At a music concert in which 198,000 people watched them at the Rock in Rio concert wow. at the Maracana Stadium. Is that just watching them? People paid yes. just to see them? Yeah, so right. the funny thing is they were a headline on that day, that night. They were on the Saturday night, which I suppose helped them because it was a Saturday. But other people that were in that Rock and Rio headlining throughout the week as well was Prince, mm. George Michael. So they beat... Man, they beat, yeah. like, big, bigger people I than them. Queen as well. Them. I think Queen were there as well. So, yeah. So they beat people that are, like, bigger than them. But that just showed how big a heart was back then. And that was mm. when they were getting very, they were the rocky there. So they were, you know, they were a bit like U2 in South America. Um, and then when um, Rock in Rio celebrated its 30-year history, mm -hmm. they had a poll to say who, who people wanted to appear. And um, the poll made it clear that Aha's appearance in 1991 was the highlight of its 30-year history. Oh, because people voted then. Yeah, so they went and they... Did they, they do it again? Were, yeah, they did, yes. That's cool. I suppose that shows how they are seen internationally, but also in South America, Brazil particularly. And that is when Aha do concerts, because obviously it costs a lot of money as well when they do your touring, they, they mainly do Europe because they are big in Germany. They, they actually uh, um, appeared in Live 8. Oh, um, in in, they were in Germany. Okay. Um, but they are, so they are big in Germany and, you know, across Europe and obviously in the UK. Um, but they're just as big in Japan. They're just as big in South America. It's just they don't get to those countries as much. And when um, they announce tours, mm. when you see on Twitter and that, you'll often see, you know... Um, the Japanese fans and the Brazilian fans saying, please come to us. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, I think Canada's another one because they don't often go there. And it's unfortunate because I think it's that leg of the tour that they still haven't done yet. Oh. From the hunting high and low um, that they're doing at the moment. They are a lot bigger. Than so when you think the 30-year history, we're looking at what, 20... It was, yeah, recent. it was very recent. So even still now they're seen because that was, what, 1991, 2021. I think it was just before lockdown that Rock and Rio happened. In 1986, Aha won Best Group in the Smash Hits Poll Winners Party. 
1986, they won eight MTV awards, including Best New Artist, Best Concept Video for Take On Me, mm-hmm. and Best Cinematography for The Sun Always Shines on TV. 2006, they won the Q Inspirational Award. So it's when um, they, were, they were seen as a band that have been noticed as inspiring other bands. Right. Okay. Um, of which I will go through. So several bands that have mentioned Aha as being an inspiration include Chris Martin, Coldplay. Yeah. Adam Clayton, U2. Okay. Tom Chaplin, Keen, and Pitbull. Oh, oh Pitbull. Yeah. In 2012, all three members of Aha were awarded the Royal Norwegian Order of St. Olav for distinguished service for their country or to their country, mm. which is quite, you know, I suppose that's like being knighted OB in the UK. You know? No, I think it's higher than that. I think oh. I, th- I think. I might also be like becoming like, like the sir. highest that they can. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's like the highest award in, in Norway. Um, Pitbull, as we just spoke about, sample take on me on Fill This Moment with Christine Aguilera. 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 Yeah. And it was performed at the 2013 Billboards Awards and Morton Harker actually joined them on stage. And there is a video on YouTube if you want to watch it. Well, I'm writing that down. Fill This Moment. Feel this moment, Pitbull and Christine Aguilera. Aguilera. And um, if you go on YouTube and search 2013 Billboard Awards Pitbull, you will see the, the actual song with him and Christine Aguilera. And then right at the end, Morton comes on and sings with them, but he sings, obviously, Take On Me. Okay. So All right. I'm going to see. Yeah. yeah. Either, because it's like... Either I have blinders on in life or I have a memory like a sip. Surely yeah, I've it's seen a memory that. Like a sip. Yeah, you, yeah. I don't know how I got through exams. So Aha have sold over 100 million records worldwide. Wow. The band million. have released 10 studio albums. Right. Four live albums and four compilation albums and have you got every single one of them i think i have yeah (laughs) including some imported ones from like brazil and japan where as i say they're all so big a1 as i said covered har's take on me in 2000 where it got to number one Mm, that's interesting isn't it and in norway the band had nine number one hits. Okay. They've got to be the number one here because it's, and it's got to be Take On Me. So as I, as I did briefly mention earlier, um, the Paralympic single, yeah. Shapes That Go Together, mm-hmm. is not on a studio album. Mm-hmm. It's on the definitive collection single. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only other single not to appear on a studio album is Butterfly Butterfly because it was oh. released with the mind that they weren't bringing out an album. That right. was their last okay. single. Yeah. Um, and it was obviously just to promote the upcoming tour. 
Yeah. Um, however, it did appear on the 25 compilation album celebrating 25 years, of right. which Shapes That Go Together also so appears. So it's always on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is a film out in autumn. Been waiting for you to mention this. <laughs> yeah. So I get updates like about Queen it quite often. Freddie Mercury, like Elton John, um, I think Tina Turner, ABBA. Um, Why do I have horror. it in my head that it's more of a documentary film? It, it, yeah, it's a docu film. Yeah, but it's still a film. No, but I thought horror. no, but I thought it was like them, like a like with them being interviewed, not like a Rocket Man. Or Bohemian Rhapsody film. I didn't well, I suppose know it was I was like just that. Like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not going to be a biopic, as they're known as, on right, their okay. life. You know, that's that's them like an autobiography of their life. Mm. Um, it's not going to be like that, but right. it's, it's a film about them. Right. Okay. But um, what I'm saying is, there's a few music films out at the moment. You've got the ABBA. You've got Tina Turner, and as I say, you've got. Freddie oh, Mercury John, or Freddie Queen Mercury. and um, Elton John. Yeah. So Aha are the next ones. So just so you all know, it's out in the autumn. Is that in the UK? Aha, the film. Yeah, it's um, going to be in the UK as well. They've Will just it be actually in released that um, it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be in sh- every cinema, whether there's, you know, or it just goes straight to, to DVD or whatever. I don't know. But there is going to be an Aha film which I'm pleased to say, and not only that, but to go alongside it, there is going to be a new CD called oh. Look North. Is that new music? I think there is a couple of new musics on there. Yeah, I would have thought so, because um, when they done the M- the um, Unplugged, MTV Unplugged one, mm. they had a bit, they had some new music on that one as well, um, right. Home, which is a good song. Because they went home and recorded. That's where they recorded ah, it. It was okay. on a little island, like the Isle of Wight to us, yeah. in Norway. And they filmed, they'd done it there with a few guest artists. Um, one of them was, I um, can't think of his name now, from the Echo and the Bunnyman. And oh, he okay. went and sang with them. Um, right. And I actually saw him on tour because he sang Scoundrel Days and then they sang his song. Um ah. My Mind's Gone, something about the moon or whatever. I can't remember what it's called now, the Echo and the Bunnymen song. But, um, yeah, he they sang that. They so he sang their sang song. Each other's they, they then sang his song. Right. Um, I'm sure there will be a new single coming out to go with it. Okay. Keep your eyes peeled. Nine top ten singles, eight of them in the 80s. They have had four top five albums and the first three albums hunting high and low scoundrel days and stay on these roads were all number two they unfortunately never got a number one selling album they were always beaten by a better album that happened to be around at the time so here's the albums that were number one when those other albums so hunting high and low was number two to brothers in arms by dire straits which is a good album right okay Scoundrel Days was number two to Graceland by Paul Simon, which is another Don't great album. That is. Um, and then Stay on These Roads was number two to Tango in the Night by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. So they're the albums that just knocked them off the t- that kept them off Te- the top. Kept them off that top spot. Yeah. Now, I have got some breaking news 
before I read out the songs. But Take On Me was number two, mm. not number one, kept off of the top spot by Power of Love. Which one? Wow. By Huey Lewis. It could be. Huey or it Lewis could be. It could have been Frankie Rose or Hollywood, but it wasn't. It was Jennifer Rush. Jennifer, Jennifer Rush, Rush kept to Haas, take on me off number one when she was number one for, I think, three or four weeks. So before we go into the, the songs, that's your, your breaker. Take on me, although it was number one in, in America so many and so many other countries, didn't it make was it never here. number one over here. However, it did get to number one in 2000 with A1, with a, not even a great cover in my mind it's not as good the voice of the yeah, but it's not got of the, it's one not is got never going to be notes, as good as is it? no I'm not as talented so, but yeah it just shows how good the song is because they never had the video yeah and i true. still remember as i said earlier you and your brother on the way to school dad turn this up this is a great song i hadn't even really been listening and i thought straight away this is this is take on me and I thought, what have they done to this song? <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. It's a great song. Forget the video, because, yes, the video is great as well. But the song has stood the test of time. And even now will still be played at 80s music up and down the country. Not so just 80s. That, I think Take On Me gets played quite a lot in well, many yeah, places. Well, because it's stood the test of time. I exactly. think I and went I out. Oh, was it Take On Me that got played? I went out in Manchester and you, I don't think I ever sent you this and I'm glad I didn't, but I videoed myself, but I was a bit drunk and I swear it was Take On Me playing because I was like, oh, I need to send Dad this because Junk Becca thinks it's great that I'm listening to 80s and Dad would want to really hear it while I'm in a club. And Yeah, you didn't ever get it. I can't remember. I think I deleted the video the next day, but I'm pretty sure it was Take On Me. And also it's Take On Me that they released as the acoustic version when they'd done the Unplugged. Oh, okay. And that's what Morton then sang on The Masked Singer. The acoustic. I was going to say, because it weren't the same, was it? But no. that's why. But it's still, it just shows you how good the song is and how versatile it is. Yeah, definitely. So we better move on. <laughs> so I shall go through the songs of Take On Me. Of, of, take of a heart, of a heart. <laughs> and you will listen. We will find out now which was the James Bond theme tune, yep, and which was the number 10 hit all those years later in 2006. Yeah, so from the Hunting High and Low album, we had in 1985 on its third release, Take On Me, number two. Yeah. As I say, to Jennifer Rush's Power Love. In 1985, The Sun Always Shines on TV. I'm pleased to say they got a number one hit with The ah, Sun Always Shines right, on TV. When you said that it weren't Take On Me, I was going to be like, it's going to be Sun Always Shines on TV. Yeah. There's really good harmonies in that one. Also from that album was Train of Thought. 1986, that was released. That got to number eight. This an exa- is an example of one that I'm not like that really? fussed about. Yeah, 
It's less singing. Really, like even the not. verse, I even know it now. Words go up, words come down, forwards, backwards, twisted round. That is just... Yeah, but it's oh. not, I don't know, I think it's, I don't know, it's not his iconic voice singing. Like, it's more talking. Yeah. It's just, there was yeah. something. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just, for me, I'm not as fussed about yeah. it. Okay. Uh, 1986, um, from the album Hunting High and Low, is the self-titled Hunting High and Low. Mm-hmm. Got to number five. Okay. And that's the one that Coldplay play when they're on tour. Oh, especially in Norway. They do a obviously. cover of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just when they're in Norway, but they do. Um, if you look up on YouTube, you can probably find it. Um, Coldplay, Hunting High and Low. So now we're going on to the Scoundrel Days album. And we've mm-hmm. got I've Been Losing You in 1986. That got to number eight. That's a head bopper. Yeah. Also in 1986, Quai Wolf, number five. And that's got a good video, as I said earlier. Yeah, I need to watch that one. But there's really yeah. good tones in this one. I like how they sing wolf as if it is uh-huh. a wolf howling. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, 1987, we're moving on to now. And um, Manhattan Skyline, number 13. Okay, this is another one, not too fussed about. So that's the song that never made the top ten of their okay. first eight singles. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as fussed about that one. I don't really know what's being sung, if I'm honest. It's probably the one the song that I can't on. understand. Funny enough, obviously, um, it would have included the Twin Towers, which were part of mm, Manhattan. That's Spinal. true, yeah. So, and then the last song of that album, no, sorry, no, that was it from that album, because then we come on to the Stanley's Roads album. Right. Um, and 1987's James Bond theme, The Living Daylights, oh. from the film The Living Daylights. Do you know what I wrote for that one? Love the chorus, nice sounds. Yeah. So I, li- I like that one. I didn't that yeah, one. Number five, one number five. Okay, yeah. Um, then we had Stay on These Roads. This is 1988, and that also got to number five. Oh, that's a beautiful song. So they had a lot of number fives when you think about it. Hunting High and Low, Cry Wolf, The Living Daylight, Stay on These Roads. So to stay on these roads, that was the last top 10 hit mm-hmm. until 2006. 2006. Okay. So right. You know the rest now aren't going to be in the top, top 10. Yep. Um, so 1988, The Blood That Moves the Body, number 25. That one's catcher. I don't get why I don't. Well, it's not that you said that you don't like it. It's just not up there. Just not, yeah. Uh, 1988, Touchy, number 11. I put that's got more body to it. So I wonder whether that's where, not that they went a bit more rocky, but maybe because by the body to it, I noticed they were using their instruments more. I think it's the video that puts me off. I just don't like the video. Synchronized swimmers. I oh, don't get it. And there's you going with Take On Me. It's got nothing to do with the video. The video does not mean anything because it's a good well, song it on its know, own. But... So if it's a video that's putting you off touchy, just don't watch the video. Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched, I did words. watch the video, didn't I? That's the thing. Eat, eat I mean, words. but the, the, the song just, I don't know, it's just too cheesy for me. Oh, I love a cheesy song though. And then 1988, You Are The One, number 13. This one got me from the first beat. The first beat, I was like, yeah, I'm missing. Oh, it's like a love songy thing. Like they sing about things, like their songs are kind of deeper meanings, as I said. But yeah, that one really. 
Um, okay. So now we, we change, as I say, if you see the front cover of East of the Sun, West of the Moon, they are long hair, tied back, and yeah, they long hair. Yeah, Morton or Max Morton had long, yeah, he had hair. He was wearing like waistcoats. I mean, when he was on tour, he would just wear a waistcoat, no shirt or anything. <gasps> That's mad. Yeah, see, see. The dress was different. They went rocky. No, I That's don't like that. I don't, they don't um, suit that look. So they then covered Crying in the Rain in 1990, oh. which got to number 13. Okay. Oh, they're on the 13th now. Everly Brothers song from 1962 when it got to number six. Okay. And well, the reason they had a connection with Everly Brothers is that their manager, Terry Slater, um, was a fan of the Everly Brothers. Right. And they actually all got given guitars from the Everly Brothers. Can Morton even play a guitar? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I thought that one was powerful and to sing it like I could sing my heart out to it. Yeah. And I suppose the thing I've given you as well is I Call Your Name, which was also from that album. They also had another one called Early Morning, which didn't do that well at all and i call your name also it's in 1990 that only got to number 44 oh really so that showed you that, that the music the they were doing wasn't what really people wanted what... to listen to yeah and that i think is when they started to come away at their scenes to agree with each so other yeah because um, then we went on to memorial beach um album and that album Oh, sorry, East of the Sun album only got to number 12. So up till then, they got number two, number two, number uh, two. Number they 12. changed their music and number 12. The Still, weird thing is, I did really like good. the two songs that you've given me from that album. Uh, but as I say, one of them was a cover. Mm. Although I do like their version, which is called Rolling Thunder, which is like a version of Crying in the Rain, if you listen to the way it's been done. Right. Um, so then the next album, Memorial Beeps, that only got to number 17. And that had the singles Move to Memphis, also for 91. That got to number 47. I thought that was really catchy. Dark is the Night for All. That was 1993. That got to number 19. It's long notes about. So, you know, so I, I enjoyed that. And then also that. 1993, Angel in the Snow, uh, number 41. That one had more acoustic sounds to it. I liked that. Uh-huh. It weren't like you didn't have the drumming in it. It was more like yeah. focus on the guitar. I liked the sounds uh-huh. of that one. So Move to Memphis was also, before Memorial Beach was released, they brought out like their first greatest hits album called Headlines and Deadlines. Mm. And Move to Memphis was the single that was brought uh, out. To, like, to, to promote, promote it. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the album done much better than the single because the album Headlines and Deadlines got to number 12. Okay. Then we had the uh, the non-album, the Paralympic single, Shapes That Go Together. Which is um, my which favorite. Which I do like. Yeah, I, I, oh, that's funny. It's Yvonne's favourite as well. It's funny. Really enjoyed it's not it. One they, it's not one they play in... I've never heard it live. Oh, I think they um, Which is a shame. It is a really good song. I really like it. Like, um, but it wasn't a big hit. It only got to number 27. Mm. Wow. No, I really like it. Like that one has been yeah. played quite a lot in my car. Then um, we had the hiatus and they come back in 2000 um, with Summer Moved On. This one was um, nearly my favourite. Uh-huh. 
That got to number 33. Okay. However, the album, Minor Earth, Major Sky, that got to number 27. Oh, so you can see now the albums either. are 2, 2, decline as well. two 12, their greatest hits compilation. That didn't even make the top 10 at 12, Headlines and Deadlines. Memorial Beach, number 17. And then Minor Earth, Major Sky, number 27. Mm. So we then have, in 2002, Lifelines. Okay. This is now, the album fire. had like 15 songs on it. They were literally, this was, you know, they were at odds with each other. They were arguing, evidently, um, and they all wanted songs on the album, and hence the album is disjointed. It's got too many songs on it by far. Uh, okay. Um, as I say, 15 songs. There's some really good ones in there. There's some that are probably good that get lost in it. Mm. But Lifelines was the one, obviously, that was the, the name of the album, and that was a single they released. But it only got to number 78. The reason I gave you it to listen to is because it's the wow. only single that really done anything from that album. And the album wasn't that great either. And that come at number 67. Well, I like that song. I really like yeah. Lifelines. Sing yeah. your heart out. And there are and some really good so songs soothing. on that album. But it just, it was so disjointed. It was so, oh, it's, it's a hard one to explain. However, they then came back in 2006 with the album Analogue. Ooh, we're in their top 10. Which come in at number 24. Okay. Okay. So in 2005, they, they actually released the definitive singles. Yeah. Which had which is the, the, the one that, that Shapes yeah. That Go Together was on. That came in at number 14. So that sort of got them back. Pushed them back in it. Yeah. yeah so they're now with a new record label. They're now, you know, feeling a bit, okay, bit, you know, they've had this thing. They've reevaluated. They've taken time out and decided what way they're going to go. And they've actually gone back to their original kind of music. Right. Yeah. And out comes Analog, the album, and it got to number 24, which is okay. their best album, you know, for a good, since not, you know, East of the Sun, West of the Moon in 1990. Mm-hmm. And the two singles come off of that album, Analog, All I Want, and Cozy Prisons. And Analog, All I Want, charted at number 10. Okay, I knew that one. Sounds less 80s. I really like that one. That could have been a... That was the one that I watched him do live. Their now, the B side of it is the original version. Right which is totally different, and it had a different title. Min, min, oh, I can't remember what it is now. Minus, min, my Sinotoma, no, I can't remember what it is. But it's the original version of Animal. Right. But they then got with the um, a top. He was massive. He was to do with, I think, Ace of Bass and all that. He's Swedish. Top producer. He got Analog, and he was the one who put in the All I Want Is... As the court, you know, he got that bit in, and then the single just took off. He just completely changed the way the single does that single was going. Um, now, as much as I do like the mini, I honestly can't whatever the B side's called, yeah, and it is nice, but it was never a a commercial hit, right? It was an aha album song, 
fans kind of thing. Yeah. But he took it, changed the course, and suddenly you had a top 10 hit and a hard with back in. There was the amount, the amount of press they got, you know, 80s band, a hard take on me, back in the top 10. You can imagine, you know, we're talking 2006, the new mm. millennium, this band that no one's, probably a lot of people thought had gone, you know, never, because the albums hadn't done that well, probably didn't realise they were still going. Yeah. And it sort of rejuvenated them. Not for long, though, because Cozy Prisons was also off that album in 2006, only got to number 39. Oh, okay. I don't get what that one's about. That's another one. So, yeah. Not a fan of that one. So then we had a complete change around. We had the lead single off the next album called Foot of the Mountain, 2009. It only charted at number 66. Really? Oh, yeah. I really like that one. It's got a nice upbeat feel to it. But again, well, I know that enough, one. On the, more, the Mags album I've got, there's a song called Longest Day or Longest Night. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, Longest Night, I think it is. That is Foot of the Mountain before it became Foot of the Mountain. Right, okay. So you can hear, the foot, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. pretty much and um powell got hold of it and put in i suppose a bit he done what max what, oh, i can't think of his the name Swedish done to analog right he done to the longest night right yeah 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 and made it to foot of the mountain yeah now yes the single didn't do that well at number 66 however it is a good song and it is one they do sometimes play at concerts unlike shapes that go together. But the big thing is that the album Foot of the Mountain, which a lot of people say is the closest thing to their very first album, Hunting High and Low, the album got to number five. Oh, wow. In the album charts. So we're talking lifelines that was number 67 and they're washed up. That's the end of them. And suddenly now, after Analog, which had a scored a top 10 hit, but the album didn't do as well at number 24, suddenly a song, the single didn't chart, wasn't top 40, but the album, number five. Ah. But then came the news that they were breaking up. Mm-hmm. Butterfly Butterfly was their song single. That didn't even get in the top one. I think it got like 98, I think it was. Didn't, you know, and that was that was them gone. Only for them to come back in 2015. So they, oh. they split up in 2010. Five years later. So after the back. whole hoo-ha of Butterfly Butterfly, we're done. Yeah. They come back. Yeah, they've done the ending on a high note tour. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye, said their goodbyes. That's it. They've gone. They then fought, reformed for a second time. Or the, money. the first time they didn't actually split up. I wouldn't have said they need money. Take on me probably Generates sees them okay. Life. Yeah. They then came back with the album Cast in Still, um, following the number 25. So they had the 25-year album. Yeah. That got that that obviously propelled them anyway. And then they brought out Cast in Still. That got to number eight, the album. Oh, so that did well too. Yeah. But the ending on the high note, the final concert, which was one of their live albums, mm. that um, charted at number 43. So they went out on a whimper, but came back 
on a massive high. Oh, okay. Um, with casting still. So number eight. Um, however, the two singles from it didn't even chart, which was casting still oh. and under the makeup. Why I've got swinger things too. So swinger things I gave you to listen to. That was an album track. Right, an album filler. And that, well, yeah, okay. from Scoundrel Days, their second oh, Okay, album. right. And it's my favourite song. And they do actually sing it at a few concerts, even though it's never released. I don't think much of it. Um, oh, okay. I, <laughs> I like it. It's just not up there with some of the others. Yeah. Past in still, I like. And yeah. under the makeup, I like. Uh-huh. But swing of things. There's better ones. Yeah. So that's the end of today's episode. We haven't got time to go through. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we better quickly move on. Yes. Huey Lewis and the news. Yes. So I knew a few and Connor was one that um, as soon as I said, him, I swear you and Connor just can keep everything in your head. Whereas like you've got sponges for a brain. I don't. Goes in and out again. Like I've never been told anything apart from really random facts. But yeah, Connor knew straight away. He was like, oh yeah, they did The Power of Love in uh, Back to the Future. And I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, they're like, I don't know, they're like a gentleman's band. They're very suave, you know. They've got nice voice. And that, yeah, I went for pop. They just seem like they're always having fun. Like even watching the videos, you know. I really like If This Is It video. Like it starts with putting batteries in a... Uh, I'm guessing it's a synthesizer. They switch it to radio, whether that's an actual thing or they've just made this up to do with the video. Switch it to radio and it's a radio going, it's like, and here is Huey Lewis and the news with If This Is It. And it was, I don't know, it's just a really good video. So Huey Lewis and the news are Huey Lewis on Mm -hmm. vocals. Yeah. Um, And he also plays harmonica. Chris Hayes on lead guitar. Johnny Collar on guitar and sax. Saxophone, Sean Hopper on keyboards, Manio Cipollinia on bass, and Bill Gibson on drums. They were formed in 1979 in San Francisco, America. Yeah. And they are a rock pop rock band. I am not hearing rock this week, but all right. Maybe I'm accustomed to rock now. So Huey Lewis played harmonica on Thin Lizzy's Baby Drives Me Crazy, oh. in which the lead singer, Phil Linnert, who we have obviously spoken about, mm-hmm. he introduced Lewis by name. So he actually introduces him on, onto the state. And this was before, obviously, um, Lewis was, you know, where, where they are now, or where they're known. Um, and you can hear it on their Live and Dangerous album on that track. Oh, wow. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Huey Lewis and Sean Hopper, they played in a jazz funk band called Clover before they formed Huey Lewis and the American Express. Oh, so they've had, they've had a name change. So they left um, Clover and joined up with Gibson, Collar and Cipollina, who they all joined from Van Morrison's backing group. And they formed Huey Lewis and the American Express. Right. So, uh, however, when they got a record deal with Chrysalis Records, 
uh, the label, the record label, didn't like the name. What of Huey Louie and American Express? Because they feared trademark infringement charges from the credit card. Oh company. yeah, because that's an actual thing, isn't it? So hence they changed their name to Huey Lewis and the News. Fair enough. Ah, so they've only changed it because of something. And then Hayes joined the band at around that same time. Right. As obviously the lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. So in 1980, their first album, the self-titled Huey Lewis and the News, uh, went unnoticed. Oh. However, their second studio album in 1982, um, which they self-produced called Picture This, went gold with the lead single, Do You Believe in Love, reaching number seven in the US Billboard chart. Oh, wow. However, this, well, the single was written by former Clover producer Matt Lang. Matt Lang. Okay, so they kind of like kept in contact with so it was a bit like what I said about um, Miss Erie from Bridges mm-hmm. evolved into, into something Take Me. Yeah. Um, this song was obviously a song that was never released by Clover, but Huey Lewis kept hold of it or liked mm-hmm. it. And then obviously, but the Clover person who obviously did write it, he would have got the the rights the, the, because it was his. He wrote his, it. Um, yeah, it, it was his. Mm-hmm. However, uh, so the, yeah, so the album actually stayed in the the two hundred Billboard album chart for thirty five weeks. Oh wow, that's a long so time, isn't it? Went, went gold. Yeah. So, um, however, the other released singles from the album, "Hope You Love Me Like You Say You Do" and "Working for a Living," um, they did not enjoy as much success as the uh, the main song, which, as I say, was from Clover. Mm-hmm. But obviously the album did. And as I said, back in the 80s, it, there was as much significance in an album doing well as actually the singles. Whereas right. now, because of the way things are, as we've mentioned loads of times, singles make the album. You don't even buy albums now, do you? You just no, you randomly choose it. which singles you're going to download. No, you back can download then, albums. Back then it was all about the album. Yeah. So in 1985, they rose to prominence, firstly by being on the charity record, We Are The World. Okay. So We Are The World. Yeah, yeah, we've spoken about that one before, yeah. With um, Huey actually taking a solo vocal uh, part on that um, song. He's got a big part in it. Then they were due to appear at Philadelphia as part of Live Aid. However, they pulled out weeks before as they were concerned the money raised wasn't getting to the Ethiopian famine victims. Oh. So, yeah. Now, there's nothing to say whether that's true. Did they? Yeah, whether, whether that's true or what proof is, they had or know, what made them think that. that's the reason they pulled out. They felt that the okay. money raised from We Are The World single, charity single, mm-hmm. wasn't getting to the, the famine victims. Okay. So the We Are The World was the equivalent of Do They Know It's Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. in America. Then their song Power of Love was used in the smash hit film Back to the Future, with Huey even appearing in the film. Mm-hmm. And the Power of Love was nominated for the um, Academy Award in that year. Okay. Didn't win it, but it was obviously right. nominated. Just nominated, but that's a yeah. good thing. 
in itself. That's still a big thing, yeah. yeah. To be awarded, um, nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, their third album, Sports, however, on the back of the um, success they're now getting, um, and obviously that that album would have had the power of love on it. Um, mm-hmm. That went to number one in the US, as did their fourth studio album, Four. Okay, so they did really well in the US then, but so, then yeah. they're from America as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, both Sports and Four uh, were released in the UK, um, however, not to as success they had yeah. in America. So Sports got to number 23, while Four did get a bit better at number eight. Okay. So got one top ten in that. So Huey Lewis brought a lawsuit against Ray Parker Jr. for the similarities in their song, I Want a New Drug, and Parker's Ghostbusters. Now, I gave you that one. It wasn't a chart song. It wasn't even released. It's an album filler, probably. However, I gave you it to see if you come across the similarity. Obviously, you didn't because you haven't seen it. Not at all. I did listen to it, and I thought, wow, I can hear Ghostbusters no, at hear the beginning it. of it. Like, maybe even now you know. That, you yeah, know. maybe now I'll hear it. But, but I first did. Listen. As soon as I went, I'm going to have to listen to that. And I thought, oh, my God. But maybe, maybe if you didn't know, you'd be like me and you'd find out and be like, yeah. oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. But evidently it came out that it was a song that the, the, the film producers used to play in the background when they spoke to... Ray Parker Jr. about a song they wanted and they think that he heard that in the background or took that as the sort of song that they wanted to to be based on and hence he come up with a so music very similar to, to that right so yeah the dispute was eventually settled out of court and Lewis has since stated his experiences with the producers of the film Ghostbusters were indirectly responsible for him getting involved in the movie Back to the Future. Oh. So, yeah. So if it was to that, Back them. to the Future might not have happened, as in the Well, he would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I said, they weren't really, a, they were more known in America. So over yeah. here, they only had three top 20 singles. Yeah. And they only had one top 10 album, which was, as I said, it's four at number mm-hmm. eight. Okay. Yeah. So they're... Um, their singles over here were in 1984, If This Is It, mm-hmm. number 39. Oh, that one's right up my street. Then they had the double A side, Power okay. Love, and Do You Believe in Love. I suppose they changed it because the Power Love suddenly was on this movie and suddenly mm. it was a big song. So whether the originally the plan was that they were only going to release Do You Believe in Love, I don't yeah, know. And Power Love was probably the B side. And then suddenly Power Love has, you know, metaphorically gone boom because of the the way the film went. But um, that got to number nine. Okay. Well, Power of Love, like I recognised it and it was feel good. And Do You Believe in Love is another feel good one. It's got me tapping along. Like I say, they just seem like they're always having fun with their music. Yeah. 1986, Stuck With You, number 12. My favourite from them. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And in 1986 as well, Hip to Be Square, number 41. Makes you move. I just like, I just think that's a really good song as well. Yeah, I like that one. That was nearly my favourite. That one gets you moving, you know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Everything but the girl. Yeah. So 
This one, they're a lot more chilled. I mean, I know like a ha, they like change how they sound, but they're not really like mellow and chilled in any of their songs. Like, you know, there's always a bit of something. Whereas these are, everything but the girls, very chilled. I'm intrigued by the name. And I didn't know that there was a woman in it until I watched the videos. I thought they all sounded like men. Um, and it was weird because I actually knew some of them and I was like, and that's what surprised me this week. Like I knew some of Huey Lewis's, yeah, I'd never heard of them. I knew some of these, yeah, I've never heard of these. But the vocals are really nice and they're nice and soothing. But they really changed towards the end. And I feel like that's going either their 90s songs or they're very late 80s and they're getting ready for the 90s because they go, they sound a lot more house. But because of that, I don't know, I couldn't really put my finger on a genre, but I'd go with like New Wave or like some sort of, I don't know, I thought there was a bit of soulful in there, but I wouldn't put them down as soul. Yeah, I don't know. But no, their videos are simple. You know, like you can see, she eventually grew her hair. They use similar locations in the ones that I've watched. They're like a good old black and white video. Um, but yeah, the last one, I watched Five Fathoms. And you can kind of tell that that's, that's got to be near the 90s because they're lights and like they've got neon lights and the way people are dressed. And yeah, they just that, that screen's a bit of 90s, but we'll find out. So everything but the girl are Tracy Thorne, who we have spoken oh, about. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Style Council. Yeah, yeah. So she's vocals and guitar. Ben Watt, keyboards, synthesizer and guitar. Was that it? That's it. There's four people. In each and every one, there was four people in a square. There was a man oh. playing the drums and a man doing something else. But there's only two. There's two. Oh, how weird. They never started with more? No. Unless they had backing musicians like a harm, as we Yeah, they about, must do. Which did happen. Session musicians and that. Yeah, but it's weird because they were like at the forefront of the video. Like literally, you have the women, yeah. they were like all facing outwards. They weren't facing each other, but in like a square, very close together. Yeah. So I was assuming there was four people. Okay. There's only two. We're on a duo, uh, right? They were formed in 1982 in Kingston upon Hull, and they're known as a sophisti pop, jazz pop, electro pop. Oh, okay. I could have gone with jazz. I could have gone with jazz. Mm. So, what and Thorn are a couple, but very private about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they did announce that they got married in 2009. Okay, so they're still and together. They since had children as well. Oh, so, yes. that's nice. They actually received so they they were they were um, signed to the record label, the indie record label Cherry Red Records. Why do I know that? That's a football they are the stadium. Sponsors of AFC Wimbledon. That's why I know that. I'm like, there's a football stadium. Yes. Cherry Red. That's who they That's are. That's why I know that. <laughs> um, so they received worldwide acclaim with the single Missing. Yeah. When okay. it reached the top 10 in Australia, France, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Sweden. And it even made number two in the US top 100 billboard chart. Okay. However, a bit like Take On Me, 
And another coincidence, because I didn't know this when I put them together with Aha, the original release of Missing wasn't a success. In the UK of 69 in 1994. Oh, so it took them a couple of releases then. So then it got remixed by Todd Terry, and this version is the one that gained international acclaim. Right, okay, I'm with you. Um, in 1996, they were nominated for a Brit Award for Best British Single with Missing, mm-hmm. uh, but lost out on a gong to take that back for good. Mm-hmm. However, they were in good company that year as... Blur, Country House, Oasis, Wonderwall, and Pulp, Common People, were the other nominations in that. Oh, category. so there's some like big ones in there, anyway. So it was a. You can see that that was a big song in that year. Mm, while you're on missing, it is a big song because I, I recognised it. It's been yeah, used it's been elsewhere. Covered. Yeah, it's yeah. been covered. Like it's been sampled in other songs as yeah. well. So that I think that's how I recognise it. So more I recognise that song rather than, like, I don't think I'd know it from these, I know it from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so they had four top ten singles, of which one was in 1988. However, oh. that first hit was a cover of I Don't Want to Talk About It by 1971's Crazy Horse, which was also covered by Rod Stewart in 1977, where it actually reached number one. Oh, so Rod Stewart got it to number one. Yeah. And they also had four top ten albums, of which one was in 1985. Okay. So they're not as big as, I don't know, because they had more music than Baraha than the others this week. I thought they'd be a bit bigger. And I suppose it's because they were the end of the 80s. Mm, That's true. Obviously, as I say, the reason they're on this week is their first hit or their first song was Each and Every One in 1984. But that only got to number 28. Okay, That just sounds like bar music. It sounds like it should be put on in the background in a bar. Um, Then in 1986, Come On Home, number 44. That's where I got the soulfulness from. They sound... But I guess it could be jazz I'm hearing. Yeah. Then they done the cover in 1988. I don't want to talk about it. Which, and that got to number three. Which was my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't theirs. No. Know. As soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I don't like it when a cover's my yeah. favourite. Yeah. Doesn't seem right. Yeah. Well. Then they had a, um, a single out or an EP Right. Called covers. Because that's what it was. It was just covers of other people's songs. Including Time After Time. Oh, yeah. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I know that one. Um, And that got to number 13. Okay. Then they had in 1993. So that was 1992. Then in 1993, The Only Living Boy in New York, another EP. That got to number 42. I like that one. But there's me always wanting a bit of country. That one sounds a bit of sounds country, but it also sounds familiar. I feel like I know it. But I've heard it somewhere. 1994, missing number 69. Okay, well, I recognize that. And it was like re-released in 95 after having work done on it and got to number three. Oh, and okay. That 
propelled them. Right. Okay. So no, no, even though that, so even though they're an eighties group, they didn't really find fame or not fame as such, but success Mm -hmm. until the 1990s, although they did have that number three, but with a cover. Yeah. Um, So then we had 1996 walking wounded number six. That can be just played in the background. That one, although it's got to number six, but yeah, not for me. 1996 again, Wong, number eight. That's just a quiet one. It's not bad, but it's quiet. 1996 still, single, number 20. A mellow one. Not bad. Still in 1996, and it's driving, and that got to number 36. Right, I like this one. And weirdly, it's it's chill, but I feel like, and I know the name's driving, but I feel like I could play it while... Like on a road trip, I feel like it's got that uh-huh. good feel to it, even though it's like mellow. So it's not that upbeat and gets you going. Yeah. It's, it's just got a good feel to it. Sure. Uh, 1997, before today, number 25. I don't like the back of music in that one. The song, the song's good, but the actual music, a bit annoying. But this is where we start going a bit housey. So 1998, so we're coming to the end of the 90s. Uh, future of the future, stay gold. Number 31. Yeah, th- this one and the last one are like club music. I feel like they would have been uh-huh. played in the clubs. Which in I the suppose 90s. would have been what that. Yeah, I think that's what they were going. Yeah. Yeah. And in 1999, Five Fathoms, number 27. Okay, that was my least favourite, Five Fathoms. So, yeah, so that was everything but the girl. So now on to propaganda. Mm. I mean, there's not much to say about these. Um, only got three, but they're a bit odd. If I'm honest, this would be like my odd group. Uh-huh. Um, but it's because, like, no two songs. I know I've only been given three, but not one of them sound the same. And in Dr. Mabuse, in the video... I, I just feel like it sounds like it should be a cult song, you know, like a weird cult that someone might be in. And the video just speaks that to me as well, because they're dressed up with like these long cloaks, their hoods up, they're all walking together. And I'm like, they're going somewhere and they're taking whoever it was that was dressed normally into their cult, cult they're trying to get them in. But yeah, I don't really get what it's all about. And the same with... Um, heaven give me words i don't get what the videos are like the videos just a bit random they like the black and white videos though but yeah i went with electric slash pop uh-huh the genre okay. but yeah uh where do you say they're coming where do you say they're from um well I, I don't know not quite sure okay i wanted to go america but i'm not sure at all okay propaganda are ralph dopper dopper on keyboards right. andreas tyne I couldn't find out what he what instrument he does. Oh, okay. I think he's keyboards as well, to be honest. Susan Freytag on vocals. Claudia Brooken on vocals. Although they were never in, I don't think they were in the group at the same time, or they may well that they um sort of swapped like over. Overlapped. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Mertens, again, I couldn't find out, but the pictures I saw of him was with keyboards. So okay. They were formed in 1982 in Dusseldorf, Germany. Oh, okay. And they are a new wave synth pop electronic group. 
Okay, so I was on it with the genre of these. So they were originally a trio of Dorper, Tyne and Faytag. And then after being acclaimed by John Pill, they oh, added Merchants and Brooken and got a record contract with Trevor Horn's label, ZTT Records. And One of them is a woman, right? There's two. Suzanne oh. Freytag and Claudia Brooken. Right, okay. And they relocated to the UK. So oh. actually both of the women were in at the same time. Their single, Dr. Mabuse, was used in the John Hughes film, Some Kind of Wonderful. Heard of which that. was an 80s film. However, by 1984, tensions in the band saw Andrea's team being asked to leave. Oh. While... Trevor Horn was unavailable to produce their album as he was working with ZZT's most successful signing, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So he went off and dealt with them. Right. And he left his engineer, sort of number two, number three, whatever you want to look at it as, Stephen Lipson, to produce the album and work on their second single, Duet. Right. So the record was later to become the World Rally Championships theme music in 2005. Oh, okay. So they did a bit of summit then, didn't they? Yeah. Then in 1987, Brooken left, and by 1988, both Dorper and Freytag left after failing to renegotiate a new deal with ZTT Records. Okay. After they'd gone, Merton's got a new lineup, mm-hmm. but by 1990, they disbanded. Right, okay. Founder or joint founder Andreas Ting died in 2013 from cancer, and Mertens went on to work with Howard Jones, who co wrote the propaganda song Heaven Give Me Words, while Brooken went on to work with OMD's Paul Humphreys when OMD split. Yeah. And Paul Humphreys left OMD, he went on to work with Brooken, and they actually had a relationship. Oh, okay. Propaganda had two top 30 hits in the UK and they had one top 20 album. Oh, so they didn't do that great over here. No. So in 1984, Dr. Mabuse was number 27. Like I say, it just seems like a bit cultish. I, I, I didn't enjoy that one at all. 1985, Jewel. I said Jewel earlier, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You got me looking up yeah. whether I'd written down the yeah, wrong thing. No, sorry, Jewel. It's my wife. <laughs> Jewel. Uh, number 21. Okay, that's a change in sound. And this is what I mean by no, no, none of them sound yeah. the same. And that was obviously the one that went on to be the theme tune of the rally championships. Mm-hmm. And then in 1990, Heaven Give Me Words, which, as I say, was written with Howard Jones, who was a big soloist of the 80s, electronic. Right. Um, very good. That got to number 36. Okay, that was my favourite. It's more pop, more sing-along. It's up my street. Okay. Swiftly moving on, because I'm worried about time, because you took so long talking about Aha. Oh, yeah. Alphaville. Alphaville. Mm-hmm. So, again, only three for these. I went with Pop or New Wave, I went with. They cha- they've got a nice change in the pitch of their voices. So I like hearing that in the songs. And the songs, like, you know, they all have that similar feel. That I recognise one of them, Forever Young's been covered or sampled, I don't think the whole song was covered, but I definitely know a sample one of it. And yeah, like the videos, they're they're very serious in their videos, Mm -hmm. quite emotionless. And like weirdly, I think they're a trio 
and they've got two keyboards and that's kind of all they've got. So Marion Gold, vocals, mm-hmm. who is a man, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know he's a man from the videos. Bernard Lloyd, keyboards. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Ecolet, guitar. Oh, he was not playing a guitar in the video that I watched. Oh. So, yeah. They were formed in 1982 in Munster, Germany. So another German. Oh, another German. And they are a synth-pop new wave band, as you correctly said. Look at me go. So they were formed by Gold and Lloyd after being influenced by the UK music of the time, Tube Way Army, Gary oh. Newman and OMD. Oh, okay. So the influence of the synth-pop music from over here went back to Germany. Yeah, because that's not even in their Germany German. With craftwork. So they're not even influenced uh-huh. by their own. No. Big in Japan was written by Gold after he heard music from Holly Johnson's band, Big in Japan. So Holly, Johnson, Holly Johnson's Frank first band Hollywood. before oh, Frank Goes Hollywood. Say. They heard music yeah. from that and took and they inspiration named a song. from his group name, Big in Japan, made a song of it. Um, and cool. it reached number one in Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, as well as the US hot dance chart. Okay, so that's done quite well for them. Their third single, Forever Young, became the band's second US top 100 billboard hit when it charted at number 93. Oh, so only just in there, but they're in there, aren't they? Mm. While in their home country, they had three top five hits with their second single, Sounds Like a Melody, reaching number three in both Germany and Austria. And in Switzerland, it made number two. Okay, so they're doing good. Like, But I guess that happens when you're not American or British, unless you do it and you come over here like a has done or go to America, you hit bigger in other countries. Yeah. Like don't so in, over here, they only had one top 10 hit. So they actually oh. were successful in America yeah. and over here. Right. So Alphaville, 1984, big in Japan, got to number eight. That was my favourite. 1984, Forever Young, number 98. Oh, wow. I like, like Forever Young. It was not released in the UK, or if it was, it did not chart. Okay, well, Big in Japan and Sounds Like a Melody were very 80s for me, but Big in Japan was my favourite. So, swiftly moving on, mm-hmm. um, it's got to be our longest episode yet, um, <laughs> Wong Chung, who are Nick Feldman on bass, Jack Hughes on vocals and guitar, Darren Costin on drums and Dave Bernand on saxophone. Okay. I just thought these would be my weird group. I think they're American, based off the video of Dance Hall Days. They had like American flags in it. They look very 80s. But then when you get to everybody have fun tonight, you can tell that they've really grown up. But they keep it simple. You know, I have no idea on the genre of these. So I'm intrigued what those genre is going to be. Okay. Well, they were formed in 1980 in London. Oh. And they're a new wave pop rock. Okay, yeah. So they were originally known as Huang Chang. 
Chung, H-U-A-N-G, Huang Chung. Um, and they were signed to an independent label, 101 Records or 101. Mm-hmm. Um, before signing to another indie record label, Rewind Records. Mm-hmm. After several flop singles, Isn't It About Time We Were On TV and Stand Still. Funny because, again, another song title with TV in it. The Sun Always Shines on TV. Mm. And Isn't It About Time We Were On TV. Again, I didn't know that. However, they attracted the attention of Arista Records from those two, even though they were flops, something obviously, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. They um, uh, attracted the attention of Arista Records and recorded their first album, the self-titled Huang Chung. When they spelled it with a H. Yes. Right. However, that failed to chart. And in late 1982, the single Dance Hall Days was released, but flopped. And Arista dropped the band. Oh. And they signed to Geffen Records. Oh, so they've really the gone US. through it. Oh, this is connection. where I'm getting the US. So they've done the opposite and gone over to the US. Yeah. At this time, sax player Bernand left, citing musical differences. Oh, so not so, just because they're flopping? No, probably, but no. <laughs> Um, it was Geffen Records who suggested the name change spelling from Huang to Wang right. to make it easier for English speakers to pronounce. In other words, to appeal more to the American listeners, bearing in mind that they were English. I was going to say, <laughs> so but hang on, they're just, English. Yeah, so. Exactly. So I think it was for the American, because that's the Americans aren't. They're just they're weird. We're lazy. They make us look good. And in 1983... Uh, saw their second album, Points on the Curve, um, released with two hits, Don't Let Go, uh, which got to number 38 in the US, and a re-recorded version of Dance Hall Days, which got to number 16 in the US. Okay, so don't go to They had two top 10, or two top 100 billboard Mm -hmm. charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costin left not long after that to form his own group, Heroes. And then Wang Chung got involved with soundtrack work. Oh, okay, so they changed. Like Huey Lewis and the News, they got into the soundtrack side. Oh, yeah. Um, again, totally I didn't know this, <laughs> which is very coincidental and keeps happening recently. Yeah, it does. And they've done work including on William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A., with the resulting soundtrack in effect becoming the band's third album because they've oh, done all, the, they've done all of all it. the music um because he he contacted them to, to 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 work for him and hence that's how they got involved in it and that charted in the top 10 of the u.s billboard chart for soundtracks because obviously in the u.s they have to have a they, chart, for chart for everything literally um and they also recorded firing twilight for the john hughes film the breakfast club Oh, their fourth album, Mosaic, was released in 1986 and gave them their final US top 40 single with Hypnotize Me at number 36. Okay. Um, in 1989, they went their own ways and they didn't work again together until 1997, but lasted and this lasted until Jack Hughes left into 2016. Okay, so they kind of like stayed together in a sense. Yeah. 
until that one left, then, but they didn't really do anything. Gareth Moulton of the Cutting Crew joined on vocals, replacing Jack Hughes. However, in 2017, Hughes returned, and in 2019, they recorded a Greatest Hits oh. album with the Prague Philharmonica Orchestra. Oh. Two remix versions of Dance Hall Days and Everybody Have Fun Tonight. They had one top 30 hit in the UK right. and one top 40 album with points off the curve. Okay, so they really didn't do well over here. Hence only three songs. Yeah, and those songs were 1984, Dance Hall Days at number 21. Which is my favourite. It's a nice head bopper. Uh-huh. 1984, Don't Let Go. N- number 81. Okay, that is like an in the background one, but I really like the chorus of it. And 1986, Everybody Have Fun Tonight, number 76. Oh, wow. Well, that one was a feel-good one. So, yeah. So that, at last, brings an end of... It's now midnight. We started at <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of this week's. Mm-hmm. So now to find out your hits and misses. Yeah. What are you so, thinking? Well, I definitely hope there's one hit in there. I, I, if I was to go, I'd go Aha, Huey Lewis in the News, and I think... Um, Maybe Alphaville. Okay. So, Aha is a huge hit. Huge hit. I really do like Aha. Like, I am sorry for ever complaining about Aha. Um, Huey Lewis and the News, you're right. They're a hit with me as well. Really enjoyed them. Like, like, I think this is probably my favourite week just because of them two. Everything but the girl is a miss. Really not up yeah. my street. That could have been missed out. And they're not really eighties. I mean, they were no, yeah. sort from of the eighties, but they're more. Their songs are more nineties. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear that. Um, propaganda was also a miss. They just yeah, they were too mellow. That weren't really for me. Uh, Alphaville was a hit. You're right. I liked them. And Wang Chung were also a hit. Wow. Yeah. I really there like their songs. I'm surprised they didn't hit, really. But, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you gave me okay. more than one for Alphaville and Wang Chung, though, because I don't well, know how yeah, I, I mean, obviously, they weren't big hits. I mean, the Wang Chung, as I just said, they were in the 80s and 70s or whatever it was. Mm. But it was only because I read about them, and obviously they'd done well in America, that, that I thought I should give you it. And Forever Young, I know. I mean, I've yeah. got an album, Alphaville's album. Oh. It's a good album. And Forever Young, I've always liked. And um, completely forgot about it until I was writing. I thought, hang on, why haven't I put that on there? That's, that's <laughs> a good song. It's because it never made a hit. It wasn't a hit. Mm, so it just shows you, can that be... And that's again, shows you that... It's luck sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And there's so much music in the 80s that you have to compete yeah. a lot. So. Yeah. As so we yeah, find out. Four, four out of six on a good good week. I'd definitely take that. And the fact that you like a ha is yeah, a I, I big bonus. Young Rebecca apologises. So <laughs> moving on to next week. Yes. Next week you have got Bronsky Beat. You've mentioned them before. 
have. King. King? Yep, King. Okay. Squitty Politi. All right. Prefab Sprout. Oh, you've mentioned them before, because we really like that name, don't we? The Bluebells. I think you've mentioned them before as well. And lastly, the colour field. Hey. All right. That are your groups for next week. So it won't be as good as this week. But <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a better week than this week, just because of the mix in the music. So I did say I think it's my favourite week. Yeah. So far. So, yeah, so that, that's, your, that's your groups for next week. So okay. Enjoy listening. I don't yep. think it'd be as good as this week, but we will see. There is, you've got some good songs coming up. All right. I think at least three hits next week. Oh, hard. Yeah. Put in my, right. my um. Your bet's in already. Me. All right. We'll see. Okay. Send them over. Yeah. All, All right. right. Yeah. Thank you. And um, apologies to the listeners. This is a long episode. And um, we'll try and make it a bit shorter next week. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Dad.